0: I know a lot of people, too, were surprised that it was Stevie. I think maybe because the cover is so cute. Hello, everyone.
1: This is Open Book with Betty's Booklist, the show where your favorite authors are an open book and tell me all about their exciting new releases. Today, I'm joined by the amazing Anita Kelly. Anita is a writer of queer romances and enjoys long walks in the woods and drinking lots of tea. Their debut, Love and Other Disasters, is out now, and I am a bit obsessed with it. Hello, it's so nice to meet you.
0: Yes, nice to meet
1: you too. So your book is Love and Other Disasters, and I absolutely am obsessed with it. I loved it. I read it in 24 hours. I loved it so much. Can you tell me a little bit about it?
0: Yeah, I will say I've actually, I've heard from lots of people that said they read it in a day or like read it in a few sittings. And I feel like that is just the, um, especially as a romance writer who wants to be, you know, a fun escape for people. I feel like that's the best compliment. So, um, that's great, but yeah, so love another other Disasters is a queer rom-com that takes place on a cooking show, a reality cooking show. And the main characters are contestants on the show. Um, so there's Dahlia who was recently divorced and loves to cook, but is really on the show to hopefully win the $100,000 prize cause she really needs money to kind of restart her life. And then the other contestant is London um, who is non-binary and out as non-binary on the show, but they are there more um, kind of for fun. They were dared to be on the show by their twin sister and um, they already come from like a well-off background. They already have a job that they love. So they are there for the prize to hopefully start a nonprofit for LGBTQ teens if they win the prize. So they have very different goals and backgrounds and reasons that they're there. Um, But obviously, they don't expect to fall in love with each other. Um, But as that happens, there's always that background tension of knowing that only one person can win and one person could get kicked off at any time.
1: I have chills when you're talking about it. I was rooting for them to get together so hard. I was so excited (laughs) for them. Are they based on you at all? or which one of them are you more like?
0: That's a good question. I feel like I put um, parts of myself into both of them. I feel like I see kind of more of my like insecurity and like figuring out what I want to do with my life, like that kind of theme with Dahlia. Like I like relate to that a lot. Um, But I'm also like in real life, I'm kind of the more like quite grumpy one in my relationship. And so I feel like there's a lot of London and me too. Um So yeah, I really, it was fun getting to put different parts of, you know, my brain into both of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And they both felt so real, you know, it makes sense that they were based on different parts of yourself, your own relationship. What's your career origin
0: story? Writing wise, I feel like my journey has been very meandering which I feel like is probably true for a lot of writers but I've kind of always wanted to write I've always wanted to be a writer I went to college initially for writing um but I did take I took one fiction writing class in college um because it was kind of like a general writing major and then you could choose your like specialization within it and so I took one fiction writing class and I feel like I was just horrible at it um like it made me super insecure and I was like maybe I'm just not creative anymore and I can't write fiction and so I actually changed my like um specialization to nonfiction, um and uh kind of more like essay writing and journalistic writing and I did do some of that over, you know, the decade after graduating from college, but I actually ended up going back to school and becoming a librarian um, to work with books in that way, Um, because I tried to go into publishing a little bit after college. It, It wasn't for me, basically. I wanted to get more into books, like, in a more fun way, and so I started going into librarianship. So that's what I currently do um as yeah, my day my day job I'm a librarian by day and I love it um but it was only a few years ago that I started getting back into writing fiction and I was like maybe I can do this now but it only took me like 15 years to get back there um and it was around the same time that I started also really getting into romance and adult romance I had never read it before um but I had a few friends recommend books to me and then I was just like sucked into the genre. And so, um, so then I started writing romance and it has worked out for me uh, since then.
1: <laughs> That's so amazing. I love that origin story. I love how meandering it is. It gives me hope for my own path, my own career. I also took one like creative writing class in college And I was so terrified in that class. It made me so nervous. I like couldn't read my work out loud. It was so scary.
0: Yeah, looking back, I I think it really was kind of the format of the class. Like, you know, you'd walk in and you'd get a prompt. And then it was like, write something right now about this prompt. And then share it with your partner and critique each other. And my brain just like froze. Like some people's brains, I think, just don't work like that. So if anyone else out there has failed at creative writing classes... You are not alone. (laughs) It doesn't mean that you're not creative.
1: That's so fun that you're a librarian. I feel like the library and librarians that I knew as a kid, like half raised me. I went to story time as a little kid and then worked at the library in high school and just loved it so, so much. That's amazing. And you get to be surrounded by books all day. That has to be awesome.
0: Yeah, it really is a dream job. Like, you know, a big part of my job is just purchasing books and like using our budget. And every time I'm like, I just get to buy books and get paid for it. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of other things that go into it. Um, but yes, it's a very fun, fun job.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure there's going to be a huge wait for love and other disasters at the libraries. I'm always requesting a book and I'm like, 25 week wait, you know, super long. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know I live in Portland, Oregon, which actually has, I think maybe after, you know, like the New York City public library system, our public library system is like the most used in the country. They always like tout that as their, um, you know, fun fact that we are so well used, which is great. But yeah, sometimes it means especially like really popular, you know, like literary titles or like, that sounds interesting. And I log on and it's like 798 people in front of you. (laughs) Like, okay. Good job, good job readers, but darn
1: it. (laughs) So what was it like when you decided you wanted to start writing again? Did you just sit down one day and get to it? What was that like?
0: Yeah, well, I was actually originally um, inspired by uh, one of my students that I work with um, at my day job. Um, And I was kind of inspired by their story. And that actually kind of spun off um, like a young adult book that I wrote first, um, and then, yeah, I started to write um, you know, adult fiction and it was really kind of just something that I was doing for fun. When I look back now, I think I did, like that first young adult book that I wrote a few years ago, I did t- try to query. Like, so like you query to try, to try and get a literary agent. It's typically the first step for people who want to be traditionally published looking back, I had no idea what I was doing. I think I sent out like three queries. And then, you know, like when I didn't get an agent from those three queries, I was like, okay, well, I tried. <laughs> um, not knowing that people send out like hundreds of queries to get an agent sometimes. Um, but kind of the big breakthrough that I had was with uh, this. So this book, this manuscript, um, I could tell when I wrote it, like it, it felt special when I was writing it. And I could tell that, um, you know, maybe I could actually do something with this one. And I submitted it to this mentorship program called pitch wars and it was selected. Um, so I was a mentee of actually Rosie Danin and Meryl Wilsner. Um, oh, wow. who helped me.
1: That's so amazing.
0: That's so yeah, cool. It was, it was funny. It was, they were mentoring, um, kind of right before their debuts came out. So like The Roommate um, that Rosie wrote and Something to Talk About by Merrill um, hadn't been published yet. Um, So I didn't know a ton about them, but their wish list of like what they were looking for in manuscripts like fit my book exactly. Like it was like food, queer, non-binary representation. Like it was exactly my book. And so I submitted to them and um, anyway, and so they chose me and so they really helped me you know shape up the manuscript and learn more about writing books, which I still didn't know a ton about at the time and um, and they also helped me through like the querying process. and so after that I did get my my agent who was wonderful, Kim, and then she submitted it to um, you know publishing houses and Uh, forever picked it up which made me so happy and because they have been wonderful to work with so yeah so once I got the mentorship that was when things kind of like oh like I could actually do this like I could maybe actually publish this book and things were kind of a a whirlwind really after that Um, so I feel very lucky that I was able to get into that because it kind of helped me take myself seriously too like oh I can do this (laughs)
1: That's so cool. And it totally makes sense that you would be paired with those authors. Something to talk about was one of the first books I did on BookTok, one of my first videos to go viral. Meryl Wilsner actually like tweeted about it and they said that it tripled their sales. Like it was so crazy. You know, I love that book and totally see how it's similar to yours, even though they're such different stories, but they both have like the glamour of Hollywood almost and an amazing queer relationship.
0: I actually think I remember because I've remained friends with Meryl from the mentorship and I actually think I remember them saying like my sales were up a lot last week I don't know why like what happened and then discovering I feel like that was kind of really when book talk was like taking off and so they were like oh my gosh there was this like TikTok made about it so Yeah, thank you for what you do and what all other like book bloggers do. It's amazing.
1: Just wait till I do your book. I'm building up to it. (laughs) So you wrote three novellas before this book, though, correct?
0: Yes. So this book was already, you know, under contract, and I'd worked on um, edits on it. And then, you know, a lot of publishing is you know, waiting, um, you know, and waiting for the next step. And so while I was waiting for this one to officially publish, um, I kind of started playing around with these novellas because I've also been interested in uh, like the self-published side of romance because I read a lot of self-published romance. I think some of those, I think some self-published authors are like the best authors I've ever written. Um, And so I was curious to try it myself. And actually the first novella that I wrote was just kind of it was like a mental health exercise because the the novellas take place at this fun karaoke bar um, that's modeled after a karaoke bar I used to love to go to with my friends um, but that obviously we haven't been able to sing karaoke since COVID started and so it was me just kind of missing my friends and this fun outlet we have and so like to escape mentally from the world that we're currently living in um so yeah I wrote the first novella in like a few days which is super fast for me um I mean I know novellas sound short but they still take a lot of work um but anyway so yeah I kind of wrote that just for myself and I was like well maybe this is something I can self-publish and so I started looking into that you know, journey, and there's a lot of work that goes into self publishing as well. So that was kind of like a crash course in learning that side of things. Um, so, yeah, now that I've done both, I really like having both options. I mean, I feel like I'm very lucky to have both options. Um, but that way, no matter what is happening, I can always have something that I'm working on. You know, even if I'm, you know, waiting on edits for the next book for, you know, the traditionally published books, I can maybe play around with. self-published one instead. So I always have something cooking, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. I don't know too many authors who do both, but that totally makes sense why that would be really rewarding.
0: Yeah. And I feel like like romance is a specific genre where that can easily happen. Um, I think maybe like horror is another um, genre where it could maybe happen too but basically there's a ravenous fan base you know that will read what you put out um no matter where you put it out and as long as it's in the same genre so yeah i've actually learned from there are some other romance authors that do both and so they were kind of my inspiration like well they do both maybe i can do both
1: yeah definitely and i did hear a a rumor from your website that there's going to be two more in this series is that right
0: yes i'm very i, I mean i've loved talking about love and other disasters, but it is funny by the time you publish a book, you know, like I haven't actually worked on this book in terms of writing in months and months. And so in my mind, I've already moved on to, you know, the next books that I'm working on now. So I'm really excited to start talking about the next books um, after promo for this one is done. But yeah, so there's two more books in, we're calling it a series but it's really kind of just you know a connected world Um, each book will be able to stand alone um, but they all deal with yeah you know the same world similar characters so the next book um could really kind of stand on its own um and it's very different from love and other disasters so i hope that people enjoy it (laughs) um but london and Dahlia do pop up for a little bit in book two as well
1: I really want to hear more about them like I like them both so much for some reason I felt like Dahlia was slightly more of the protagonist in this one even though it was alternating but so I was hoping maybe we'd get a book that was like more London heavy but I love both of them and that's still exciting that they'll be there at all because initially I didn't know there was any type of sequel
0: yeah yeah and I, I would say normally in even like a dual point of view romance, there typically is one that's kind of like, you could tell more of the main protagonist. And yet yeah, I'd say Dahlia is definitely um, that one for Love and Other Disasters. I started the book with her, you know, she was kind of the first character that I envisioned. So that makes sense. But yeah, the main characters in um, book two are, will probably be mostly brand new to people. Um, but then Book three, which I know is looking forward, but that's kind of where I'm, what I'm working on now. Um, actually, takes place in Nashville, and Julie London's twin is the main character of that one of book three. And so London, in particular, pops up a lot more in that one um, since you know Julie is their twin. And so it's been really fun, yeah, you know, like kind of diving into what their life in Nashville looks like, you know, a little bit down the road. So that's been really fun to work on I'm excited for people who love this one to eventually read that one
1: yeah that's so cool and it totally makes sense that one of them would lead in my own novel that I've been working on for a while there's definitely even though it's dual POV there's definitely one of the main characters that's leading mine is a queer romantic suspense novel and you can tell that the character I started with is leading the book and the primary
0: plot yeah, that sounds exciting. I could never write suspense because I, I'm a scaredy cat. <laughs> I just want every, I want everything to be like happy and calm at all times. So like I'm bad at writing conflict, even in my like rom-coms. I just want everyone to be happy.
1: I hate watching conflict like when I'm watching a show or a movie I always want to fast forward through the the low point I hate it so much but for some reason in a thriller I don't mind and my reading is totally split between romance and thrillers yeah interesting
0: both are so compelling I can totally see that
1: you know when I was reading love and other disasters I felt like I could totally see it being a tv show Would you ever be interested in something like that? Just because it is episodic in that they're literally on a show and have these different challenges, I could totally see it as a miniseries or show.
0: Yeah. Hey, if Netflix wants to approach me about that, I am down.
1: (laughs) Okay, Netflix, come on. Let's go. Everyone tag them.
0: (laughs) Yes, I am willing to do that.
1: (laughs) One thing I also really liked about your book was the steamy scenes. I feel like I don't read a ton of queer romances that have such amazing steamy, like true romance scenes like this. And I absolutely loved it. What was it like writing those and making sure they made it through to the final book?
0: For some reason I was worried that that I'd be asked to take down the steam or remove some of the sex. And I wasn't by, so thank you editor, (laughs) um, for appreciating that. But that was actually one thing I worked on, um, with Rosie and Meryl in the mentorship. Uh, they were like, you know, the sex scenes are great, but maybe you can make them even more meaningful or more emotional. Like, you know, they weren't just sex.
1: sex. They were so intimate too. They were
0: so intimate. And so I really did um, work on that and I think that's one of the best uh, pieces of advice that Rosie and Meryl gave me. They were like sex is great, but it should also serve a purpose um, you know it, it, unless you're writing erotica um, but you know and if you want to really want to make the sex scenes impactful, they should have you know some emotional resonance to them too. And so I tried to, like deepen that, in my revisions. And that has been, yeah, one of the uh, feedback I've seen from readers that's made me the most happy where people talk about um, how they were like moved by a lot of the sex scenes. And so that makes me feel like I did what I was trying to do. But yeah, I really, especially in this book, I wanted to, you know, craft sex scenes that were steamy and hot and emotional, but still, um, be with, you know, a queer and a non-binary person, which I haven't read a ton of myself. And so I wanted to do that while still being respectful to London in particular, um, you know, and give them agency and not, yeah, I don't know, like make it respectful while also being sexy. And I think, um, or I I hope that I did that.
1: I think it felt super poignant, like, just really lovely and intimate and just great. It felt great. You know, it felt like every scene advanced their relationship.
0: Yeah. I know a lot of people too were surprised that it was steamy. I think maybe because the cover is so cute (laughs) and then they're like, Oh, and now there's steam. Um, So that made me laugh too. I know uh, some people don't like steam.
1: It was the perfect amount of steam for me. I'm not a super spicy reader. Generally, I don't read a ton of spicy books. And this was like, perfect. I thought.
0: Yeah. It's funny when uh, we were visiting bookstores yesterday on release day to, you know, see my book and bookstores and such, um, you know, there were a few displays at the stores that were like spicy book talk. And my one friend was like, is your book spicy enough to be in there? And I'm like, no, I'm like, you don't know how spicy these books can get (laughs) because she also doesn't read a lot of romance and, um, I'm like, yeah, you don't even know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they can get wild. I think um, a friend of mine, Kendra, was having spicy book summer. And I was looking at some of the ones she recommended. And I was like, oh, man, this is a whole new level.
0: (laughs) I know. I love it. I I love all levels of steam, honestly. Um, But but yeah, it's just like funny introducing people that don't read a lot of romance to the world. (laughs)
1: Now, do you cook? Because in the book, they're both amazing cooks in different ways. Are you a good cook?
0: No. (laughs) Um, My wife might disagree. She always tells me that I'm a good cook. But I I feel like I do like to cook. I wish I cooked more than I have been. These days, the pandemic has been a struggle to not just order cookout every night. But uh, yeah, like I do find cooking to be, you know, soothing and, uh, powerful when I do get up the energy to do it, but no, I'm definitely not like a foodie, um, by any means I wouldn't think. Um, so I did have some, people that I know who are actual foodies, who know more than I do, you know, like read over the book and give me suggestions and feedback and stuff. So they were, I think, critical in me not embarrassing myself, (laughs) trying to write a book about people who really do know how to cook. So
1: I mean, it worked. I thought they both seemed knowledgeable. I mean, I like eating, but I'm not a big cook. So I wouldn't know if it was all made up, but it felt real to me.
0: (laughs) Perfect that's what I want. (laughs) Do you watch a lot of cooking shows? I do. I don't watch, um, a ton, but I do love Master Chef, which I, you know, pretty much modeled this book after. Um, I also love, uh, like we watch a lot of funny ones. Um, one of my favorites is Worst Cooks in America, which is super goofy. I don't know if anyone has watched that. Um, but it's like cooks that Or home cooks that really don't know what they're doing like have never cooked in the world and so um or anything and so the there's like two celebrity chefs trying to teach them and it's just I mean I think a lot of that one is just kind of like funny theatrics but it's a nice and fluffy to watch
1: that's the one I would be on (laughs)
0: like teaching
1: but that's I mean, even reading about what they were cooking, I was like, I should go cook that. I should learn to cook. When Dolly is like deboning fish, I was like, I live by the water. I should learn to debone fish, you know?
0: (laughs) Yes. I I also obviously love the Great British Baking Show. Anytime I watch that, I'm like, why am I not baking 10 cakes today? Like, (laughs) I always like
1: want to. Oh, I'm more of a baker. I have a few baked things I can make, like, um... So my grandma on one of my mom's side, she has this cake recipe with fudge frosting that it took years after she passed for us to find the recipe. And I've gotten good at that recipe because once we found it, we made it a lot. It's like you have to pour the frosting and it hardens as you pour it into basically fudge. And that one I've gotten good at. But I have no other cake in my (laughs) toolkit.
0: Yeah, family recipes like that are the best.
1: Do you have any family recipe that's like your go to?
0: Um a couple well actually, you know, this week I was trying to make myself my favorite comfort food in celebration of the book, and uh, the other day, I made some of my mom's like sweet meatballs, uh, which is like the simplest. I'm sure lots of moms and grandmas across America make the same meatballs, but it's just like uh, grape jelly and chili sauce and meatballs in there and it's so delicious. Uh, my mom is also known for her pies at Thanksgiving. Um, she always makes like as many pies as there are people at the event. And so, um, I've made a few of her pies, uh, throughout the years as well, since moving away from home.
1: That's fun. Now I keep saying your characters are super vivid, but which character would you most want to see come to life? If you could pick only one.
0: That's so hard. I feel like it's so hard to choose between, uh, you know, Dahlia or London. So I'd probably choose one of the side characters. I'd probably choose Julie or Hank, um, because which are both the siblings of London and uh, Dahlia, because they were super fun to write and they're really big supporters of, you know, Dahlia and London. And so I feel like I would want a Julie or a Hank to exist in real life and give me a call to give me you know a pep talk when I needed it or like to (laughs) just go out in the town with I would love to hang out with Julie or Hank
1: (laughs) that's a good answer you know so then you don't have to pick
0: yeah so I'm cheating a little bit no it's not
1: cheating I said any character (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't even know who I would pick London (laughs) was so romantic and like I felt like they were kind of holding themselves back from fully falling for Dahlia and it just like that made it so much better when it finally happened I loved that part of it because then when they finally like gave in and totally went for her it was just so good
0: yeah I I mean the romance heroes who yeah like pretend they aren't emotional but inside are like actually the most emotional of all. Like, you know, that's a great romance hero (laughs) because I feel like London is like so lost for Dahlia. And I just really had fun writing that.
1: Is there anything else that you want to tell everyone watching?
0: Not really. Just, uh, yeah, I'm just really glad that the reaction to this book has been as warm as it has been. I feel like it's been a dream. And so everyone who has reached out to me about it. Just thank you so, so much. Um, And yeah, just keep an eye out on my socials for, I am hoping that I can talk more about book two soon, maybe share a cover. Um, So that will be exciting for me. I'm also working on my next novella that I'm going to self-publish in March, hopefully, um, if I can get the work done on it on time. Um, So yeah, just keep reading and supporting queer love stories. I appreciate it so much.
1: Thank you so much for coming on and telling everyone about your book, about you. It's been amazing. Thank you. This has been so fun. Thank you all for watching. You can listen to an extended cut of Open Book on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Like and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Open Book.